This is part two of Twa Old Heat's The People Are Sovereign. If you missed part one, you can catch up on Indie Live Radio's podcast channel. When the European Court sits, it lists all the cases. Now ask the question, did the Scottish Government have an idea? That's the cases A to B. That is C, D, E, F, G, H, I. These are all the decisions. We go on to K, L, M, N, O, P. We go on to R, S, T, U, V, X. And we have a Y and a Z. I only had 800 words, folks. I can tell you that those pages alone constitute more than 800 words. And if I quoted every single case, I'd have been into volumes after volumes after volumes. There's a problem. I've now given you what I believe is hard documentary evidence. I've offered my opinions on it, but I've given you the documentation. Once the show is finished, you can go back and you can read every single word. Nicola Sturgeon has said there's a programme for government. She announced it. It'll include a referendum. It'll include a date. And I want you to watch a further clip from the Petitions Committee. With that, can we move on to the second new petition for consideration today, which is Petition 1791, Referendum Scotland Act 2020, lodged by Mike Fenwick. The petition calls for the Scottish Government to recognise and respond to concerns the Section 39 of the Referendum Scotland Act 2020 establishes a legal challenge, namely that it breaches protections afforded by the Human Rights Act 1998. We have received submissions from the Scottish Government and the petitioner. These are summarised in the clerk's note. The Scottish Government believes Section 39, as with the rest of the Act, is compatible with Convention rights, noting, quote, restrictions and timescales for bringing legal challenges are commonplace in legislation for legitimate reasons of legal certainty and finality, which are recognised in Convention jurisprudence. The petitioner notes the Act is the foundation for all future referenda, and its importance therefore cannot be understated. The petition requests that the Scottish Parliament reconsider one element of the Act, Section 39, to ensure in absolute... What was it that I was asking the Petitions Committee to consider? That they should refer one bit of the whole Act back into the Parliament to create absolute certainty that there wasn't a problem with what they put forward, so that at some future date, someone in the UK government, after a successful Scottish independence referendum, couldn't come back and say, sorry, the whole game's a bogey, it's struck down. That's my worry. I'm now passing it over to you. You are the jury, the Yes Movement. You're the sovereign people. Maybe you write to your MSP. That's what I started with a year ago. I hope you get an answer. Maybe you write to Scottish ministers. I hope you get a reply. Maybe you get in touch with the people on the petitions committee and say, hey, we've just seen someone say he didn't do it, and he did do it. We've seen evidence that you didn't ask to see. Maybe you should ask him to speak to you. I don't know the answers to that. There's a story. It has a beginning. It has a middle. That's where we are. You, the jury, have got to decide what the end is. Thanks for having listened to everything I've said. I hope you find it is as important as Dave and I decided to bring it into the show. But there's something more important than that. Go back to where we started. I mentioned that the folks back in 1320, different circumstances, 
in their time, different world, left a small legacy that we've got to learn from. It's now our time to think where we are now. We all want independence for our country. We know the reasons for that. Doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. Nothing is. But perhaps if we take action on questioning the authority of our parliament over the question of the act that they have produced, perhaps that is a sign that the people who are sovereign are exercising their sovereignty. Maybe although David Torrance thinks the Scottish government won't change their mind, let's find out if they will. Let's find out if sovereign people ask them to change their mind and understand why they're asking. We leave a legacy, not for us, but for generations to come. There is a need, in my opinion, not for an equivalent of the House of Lords in an independent Scottish Parliament, a country who is calling itself independent, but a way in which the sovereign people's voice can always be heard. They can establish the facts and then they can question authority. Because if that doesn't happen, folks, Boris Johnson rules. That's what happens just now. Boris Johnson decides what happens to us. We can't influence it. That's the whole point of Scottish independence. When do we get our voice heard? Dave, there's a last page to go up. I'll leave it. It's something I posted on, on my wee Facebook page. It's how those that want independence and those that want it now have an opportunity. They can have independence. They can have it now. Even if you're the most loyal supporter of Nicola Sturgeon, think of what would happen if she says, sees hundreds of thousands, potentially millions of sovereign Scots signing the covenant. There's far more of us than exist, and I'm not knocking it within the SNP. That's our opportunity. We don't have to wait till next May. We can do it now. Dave, I'm going to totally and utterly shut up. Thanks for being so patient with me. Thanks to everyone that's listened. Over to you, my friend. So, basically, this, this, is, what, this is what Mike has been, has been uh, busy with for the last nine months. And I've been following it. And it's been starting and stopping with COVID happening. Um, and sometimes you think, oh, they're just going to sweep it away. And, and to be perfectly honest, a couple of days ago when they said it's got through the petitions committee, I thought, whoa, uh, um, uh, even though he said it was be the skinny of the skinny of its teeth. Uh, and, and I think that this time we've got uh, is going to give us a chance to take it a bit further. But what we're going to do is like, like uh, but by the time you, you're watching this, I'm going to have contacted maybe five or six people like from across the Yes Movement. Uh, and we're going to uh, basically do a live show right after this open. When the Twilight Heats logo comes up, it's going to go off. And then shortly after that, there's going to be a live a live Twilight Heats, in which case we're going to be asking people who have watched this, uh, who will just have finished watching it now, to come on and, 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 and give their ideas about that because at the end of the day we are sovereign we are sovereign and that is the power we have they can say they don't want to listen to us yes they can but 
but I mean, they could have sent to Michael this time. He, he put his thing in at the, at the Parliament. Um, it's had to get through the clerks first, and then it's got to get through the petitions committee, and then it's got, uh, 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 and it's had to go through Spice. It's, uh, it's got through all these different things, and it's got through everyone, and now it's going to the Law Society. We don't know what they're going to say, but it's important that if they make a decision that can affect this act, which has been passed by the Scottish Parliament, that it's made with all the information. Mike has just given you all the information that nobody else asked for. So um, uh, we're going to be continuing shortly after this. If you, you, I, I don't know exactly how the technical things are going to work, but it'll take maybe in the next five minutes, we're going to be going live. And on that show, I promise to not speak an awful lot. I'll answer any questions, Dave, but I'd, I'd, I'd rather leave everyone else to start forming their opinion. Only the last thing I would say just now, there's only one thing at stake in all of this. This country's independence. It's worth talking about. Absolutely. And it is your human right. And we'd like to thank you for tuning in for the last couple of months we've been putting these on. As I say, there will be more to all deeds, but they won't be for a while because uh, uh, Mike's got a load of other stuff to be doing and I'm going to be away up to uh, doing a walk down the West Coast. So uh, uh, we'll see you all shortly. Thanks for tuning in. Cheers. Hi all. Good evening, people. Uh, welcome to 12th jury. Uh, the, the evidence has been laid and uh, we, now, we now have a people's, a people's jury who are uh, going to give us an idea uh, of what they think about this. Uh, just to go back over a wee bit of thing there. Uh, it's, the referendum is bill. It's something we'll wait for for a long time, the referendum to act as it is now. Uh, but there may be a wee hole in it that, that could have the whole act struck down after a positive referendum. Uh, so, like, uh, uh, tonight we're joined by Mark Hurst, uh, former journalist, uh, oh, sorry, for, for, former former STV journalist. Sorry, he's still a journalist. Uh, 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 Susan Stewart, uh, who I go back quite a long way with, and Stephen Stoltz for Stand Up for Scotland. Uh, welcome to the two old kids. Of any, has got any uh, any. Um, uh, what was your first impression of the uh, of the, the broadcast I've just done? Stephen, uh, you on? Uh, you're on Martins, I think. Ah. I mean, I think this is a really important debate because um, it's, in it's interesting. Obviously, uh, the timing is quite interesting. Joanna Cherry has um, done a, a lot of work on this, or as you as you'll be aware, you know, a challenge to the Supreme Court during the prorogation of, um, of uh, the Parliament by Boris earlier, uh, kind of set things um, in motion in terms of re-establishing the, the, this fundamental difference in terms of the, the law, which originates obviously in the 1320 um, uh, Declaration of Arbroath. It's the defining, it's the foundation stone of the uh, Scottish legal system which establishes that we, the people, are sovereign. There have been various cases over the years that have demonstrated this. I mean, one of the things I would say in terms of the parliamentary process, it is quite uh, cumbersome, as Mike 
uh, alluded to there, you know, you go through various stages and it is an accomplishment to, you know, get some views from the from the Law Society, uh, etc. One of the one of the things I'm kind of skeptical about is the kind of political aspect of um, of of it in terms of just the makeup when it comes back because there will be a response back to Michael. Correct me, but there will be a response back to the petitions committee. Is that right, Mike? You're muted there, Mike. Uh, Mike, you're muted. <laughs> I've unmuted myself. Yeah. I decided I'd said enough. Oh, really? Basically, Mark, what I the first thing I expected was for the clerks maybe to come back to me and say what the decision was that it was going to the Law Society. I haven't, that's just under a week, I haven't had that confirmation, which surprises me because I did praise the clerks and they deserve praise. They're very, very good. I don't know what will happen next. I'm assuming that the Law Society will be given information I don't know what quantity of information. That's why when Dave said, would you do what I've asked you to do, Mike? I said, right, I will. What I've done deliberately, and it's it's the opposite, if you like, of what's going on elsewhere, where no one is providing information that they promised to provide. Now, without digging into that too far, what I decided to do was, okay, boring as it might be, a lot of speech from me that it might be, Here's what I think is the problem, and I think it's a serious problem. It needs to be resolved. Will the Law Society take the same view? I don't know. I honestly just don't know what will happen and the timescale it may take. I just don't know. I mean, I suppose I wouldn't be surprised if the Law Society comes back in in favour. Obviously, there's been a number of prominent lawyers over the years um, who have... Uh, you know, they're quite precious about the fact that Scotland has a, a very distinct, independent, notionally independent legal system. Um, although questions about um, the quality of our, our legal system generally, but I think that's more down to the, um, the actions of, uh, as Jock Thompson QC once described, the, the, the institutional corruption within the Crown Office rather than the, the wider um, justice system as such. But uh, so I think you should get a warm response from the law society. That would be my that would be my impression. I'd be very surprised if they if they didn't. Depends whether they get all the information I'm trying to put forward. I mean, I'm not making too much of an accusation of it, but when you're told that you haven't supplied information to do with challenges that can arise, when in fact five months earlier you'd listed them. That worries me. Just will that information go over in a format that is actually complete? I don't know, Mark. That's that that would be at the moment my worry and why I did what I did tonight, which is if people take an interest in it, it can become a talking point. People can decide whether they write to their MSP. If you do watch the longer clip of the whole petitions committee. One of the MSPs said, yeah, I'm worried about it as well because constituents have been in touch with me about this. So it's not just me. Maybe I've had an influence on people because of what I've done in the past, but I'm hoping that MSPs become aware of the fact that there could be a problem. One of the the other aspects is uh, down to, I suppose, political will. Um, I remember a number of years ago saying, you know, you can have these... uh, uh, debates in terms of legal technicalities. It's a bit, I suppose, it's a bit like what we're seeing with the, the Section 30 request. Um, I'm pretty sure if the, if, 
I remember a, a senior law officer once saying to me, if the political will exists, then the legal framework or the legal mechanism will be found to bring that into action. Because at the end of the day, the law officers are meant to be the servants um, of the um, of the government, of the, of the political direction that's been given to them. So, uh, you know, I suppose the bigger question then is, is there a political will? Um, a, that's a number of things. I've just written down some notes that didn't appear in it. Let me give you one example of this. We often take pride that what happened in Scotland in 1320 transferred itself over to the United States and that their constitution has bits of it which are Scottish related. Donald Trump won the election in 2016. It was four years later that the Senate and the Congress decided we want to test whether or not Donald Trump should be impeached. That was a four-year gap. So when the government are saying this is for finality and certainty, nothing in life is certain. If, if there's clear evidence on any referendum, but particularly the independence one, that something has been manipulated, something has gone wrong, it shouldn't be the government asking ordinary people to stump up a huge sum of money and risk their life, risk their time to go into the court of session. If there's something seriously wrong, this is part of the solution. The first port of call should be the Scottish government to inquire. That's why Boris Johnson's being sued. It shouldn't be down to ordinary people. That's why I stress the sovereignty of the people, because if we can show now that we have a voice and that that voice can be heard, no matter what the decision is, just heard, that's important because it leaves a legacy for everyone else that follows us generations from now. Sorry, Dave, I'll mute myself again, maybe. You, are un you need to unmute yourself. Stephen, someone else come in and I'll talk again. Um, I'll, I'll go. Um, guys, um, I, Mike, I, I absolutely appreciate all the work and, and time and effort that you've put into looking at this, but I'm, I'm going to be honest here and say that at this point, where we are in time, I don't think we should be stressing over something like this because we really do not know what's going to happen in the next month, never mind in the next referendum. We, we're, we, it's, we, we are just in such unusual times just now. And, and we know that, we know that. So I, I, I'm not even certain we're going to have an Indiref with this administration and the SNP if the SNP get in again in 2021, I can't, I don't think we're going to get an NDRF even then in the next four years after that. But, you know, let's assume that we still have that same first minister. We, we, there's a possibility we might not have the same first minister. Will the next first minister go the NDRF route? There are under, there are other routes to independence, as we know, and we've all read them, haven't we? Um, say we do go by the Indiref route, say we go by the Section 30 route, um, Westminster could trip us up in a number of ways. It doesn't have to be Section 39. They could, they could just produce a law, a random law that says no, no country in the, the four nations is allowed to hold an Indiref. 
that would be a scuckered, <laughs> you know. So I just, I, you know, I, I just feel that you know it's we're we're stressing over something that's so far away. It's so far away. It's it's not tangible yet. You know, I know, you know, we might, we have to also remember that there is no bill that's been passed by Nicola Sturgeon. All she stood up and said was that she would prepare a draft bill, draft bill, and she said that she would, what have I written down here? She said that she would make the case, make the case for independence. So she's not even saying, we will draft a bill that will give us an indie ref date. <laughs> so that that's, that's the jelly-like atmosphere that we've got going on just now and and you know I, I I I have to be blunt and say that's how I see it I, I don't think we can stress about what a possible section 39 could do to us when we have an archaic government in Westminster who could just produce a section 522 tomorrow that says that everybody in Scotland has to stand on one leg for three months if they want an MDRF you know at that's that's what I think. That's that's what I think is, is going to, you know, it, it could happen. It, we're in such uncertain times, unfortunately. Susan, I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> I mean, you're already seeing that with the fact that they're suggesting, I think under pressure and they're panicking, that Scots who don't live in Scotland should have the right to vote. They're going yeah. to try everything. Yeah, of course. That's, that's why I keep coming back to the covenant, because it's up to us just to sign it and show that we are wanting independence. Yeah. End of. Yeah. I said to Dave earlier, let me just say this, Dave, that to a large extent, what I was talking about and Dave and I doing the shows is a sideshow. It's not, it's not the main thing that's important, but it might influence the politicians to realise that the people of Scotland have a right to be heard. Even if it's just me going on about my thing, should we be heard? And at the moment, I found that writing in emailing in, sending reminders, just went into an empty bucket somewhere. Zip. I think um, in terms of where we go from now, are we, you know, Susan's right in terms of we don't know um, what's coming in the next month. Uh, I suspect it could be quite explosive. And uh, what's going to happen in, in the immediate aftermath of that, um, I think you'd have to be a fool to try and predict where the debris is going to fall. But there are, there are major changes in the political landscape about to unfold. And um, that, may that may refocus minds, political minds a little bit more. Um, that, you know, quite, I think it's, it's wrong to assume that the, whole, the, the movement as a whole, I think, is being more open and and yes, there are um, loyalists on both sides, you know, well, not on both, I think there's multiple elements at the moment, and we'll have to sort that out uh, once we've got the full truth and, and proper, open, accountable and transparent disclosure from both the SNP and the Scottish Government. Um, you know, it's, it's been a bit frustrating in some respects because... Um, Whilst it is important to understand how do we practically, how, how the mechanism that practically delivers independence is going to be delivered, 
we can't take that out with the context of the kind of political um, issues that are underway at the moment, and they will be very, very, very significant in terms of uh, the direction of the entire movement. And we're at an absolute pivotal turning point. In fact, we probably have crossed over in the last few days uh, in terms of um, moving forward. Some of the issues, as you know, uh, as we've discussed before, I can't specifically go into, but over the last two years, I've been aware of certain things that are going to come to light, which will cause uh, significant uh, difficulty for the, the current leadership, which brings me back to my original point, which was political will. It's my firm belief, uh, based on what I know over the last two years, that there is not... Um, a clear commitment. I wish it was otherwise, but I, I honestly do not believe Nicola Sturgeon and the current SNP leadership have any intention of actually delivering independence. They may believe in it in an abstract sense, but they have absolutely no commitment whatsoever to delivering our country's freedom. Yeah. And, and I've said it before, but they have, in my view, become seduced by the largesse of devolution, and they're quite comfortable there. And until we remove that mindset, and replace it with a, a focus, then, um, as I said initially, the political will, we need to change the characters who are determining the political will of the movement. And once we do that, then the technicalities, if you like, uh, will be found. Yes, I agree. I absolutely agree. And um, and so therefore, how 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 do we how could we 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 thought that the Alex Salmond inquiry would blow everything open, and we'd all know the truth, and we could all then look at um, look at who should keep their jobs and who should, you know, perhaps uh, move on to, to brighter things. And it hasn't worked out that way, and not yet anyway. Not yet. Um, so and, and so therefore, you know. All, all the things we thought would be in place by now are not in place by now. Again, it's just the jelly-like atmosphere that we are suffering just now. It's, it's just the way it is. We have to go with the flow until we reach uh, a more stable ground and, and then, we can, then we can see what's out there, whether it's an indie ref with, with Mike and all the, you know, all the um, legal aspects of that, whether we go with the Westminster one or whether we go with, with a our own one, um, perhaps Martin Keaton's case will will come up with something that allows us to go for our own referendum. Um, but yeah, I, I think if it all depends on who's our leader uh, in terms of um, SNP leader and, uh, and whether the Yes Movement gets its own leader or leading group as well. We should be bringing in Stephen, Dave. I just said, would you say, Stephen, do you want to come in on that? Absolutely. Right, uh, right, right. Stephen's trying to unmute. <laughs> right. I mean, one of the things I might just pick up on is, um, is Stephen there? No, he's not coming in. Yet. No, he's still muted. Uh, one of the things that I think is, uh, you know, worth consideration as well. I mean, uh, you know, there, there is a. There will have to be a coming together of, of the movement. I mean, the, the, the divisions that have existed over the, well, they've emerged over the last two years um, um, will have to be addressed at some point. Uh, but we won't get to that point of addressing them until, in my view, 
um, we have full disclosure, full truth, and full um, accountability about what's actually gone on. I mean, um, Leslie Evans today during the parliamentary uh, cross examinations uh, claimed that her words that we may have lost the battle but we've not lost the war was misinterpreted. Um, I'm not uh, entirely convinced of that uh, myself, but. Um, we need to we need to get that sorted out first, and then we can uh, move on to the practicalities. It's quite peculiar, and again, I, I try very hard to avoid pinning something on particular people. I, I, I sometimes can't do it. Oh, you've you've gone on to mute, Mike. You've, um, you're muted, Mike. You've gone to mute. I think Dave's muting me deliberately. Don't blame you, Dave. I've had my say. What I was saying, if I don't know when I was cut off, but basically there's a paradox between John Swinney saying, I'm not providing this information because it's not in the public interest. And we're all sitting outside as the public saying, Hang on a minute, John, we're interested. We need to know what the facts are. So I come back to the statement I make. Once we get the facts, you can ask the questions. But if you haven't got the facts and we're being refused an awful lot of them, you're right, Mark, some will come out in due course. That will throw turmoil into a lot of situations. It's crucial that the Yes movement come together. That's why I keep coming back to the Covenant. I don't think for a second the Covenant will flow without hiccups, without hitches, without problems. But that's up to us to solve them. But it's where you can unify a statement from the sovereign people of Scotland, we want our independence. You don't have to wait till next May for that to happen, irrespective of whatever else goes on. Come back to the comment, I stood in front of people and watched them walk past shouting, what do you want? Independence, when do you want it? Now, the covenant is there now. We've lost Stephen, I think, Dave. I'm hoping that the, the march will um, give a little publicity to the Digital Covenant. Um, and uh, because as such a lot of people just don't understand it, um, the Yes They account on Twitter is, is very proactive and very good. Um, but he keeps calling it a different name every time he posts. <laughs> I was I was trying to uh, pin him down to use one phrase, you know, um, whether it be blockchain or whether it be digital covenant, whether it be the people's covenant or, you know, just pick it or the Ethereum. That's another one. Just just pick a phrase and let's stick to it. Um, I, did a, I did a, a small post, Susan which was if you're having difficulty understanding the word blockchain, then think of it as your fingerprint. Yeah. It's yeah. unique. Yeah. It defines who you are. Nobody can alter it. And that really is what a blockchain is about, is creating mm -hmm. a unique identity that no one can muck about with. And it leads on through the covenant to the thing called the People's Assembly. Yeah. which is the bit that I think is actually more important than the blockchain bit itself. Mm -hmm. That's your entry point. Thereafter, and, it leads on. 
had had the SNP adopted it and said, oh, great, you know, imagine these people doing this off their own back and creating this fantastic resource, then I think we all would have known about it. But unfortunately, they haven't. <clears throat> and so therefore, it's it's up to you guys to put on your boots and walk 500 miles to um to try and and give it a bit of publicity so um so good on you well done for doing that did you see what pete wisher said earlier on the night i'm blocked from uh, from pete wisher oh no he, he, he was he was on he was on he was on mark mcnaught's uh, uh mark <coughs> program on independence live oh, tonight yeah. uh, i had to switch off after 10 minutes he actually he actually said Oh, you seem to have better better weather out in Spain than we have here in the UK. I thought, ah, uh, among other things. Stephen, are you with us now? Finally. Well done, my friend. Hello. Can we have your thoughts, Stephen, and what you've watched, what you've heard, and the situation generally? So what happens if they have to um, change a bill? Doesn't it get cancelled? I'm, well, it's already passed. Yeah, they've, they've asked me to do the bit I did tonight, right? Mm. And what I was tempted to do was actually give you a simple common sense solution to solving the thing, which requires probably two lines added to section 39. But I then decided, no, Dave, I'm not going to explain the simple common sense solution until someone with the ability to change and add two lines, actually ask. So it might be the Petitions Committee, it might be the Law Society, it might be Scottish Government Ministers. But I thought, no, I've done this, this sorry, this is, sounds bad. I've done this off my own back. It's taken me well over nine months. A bit of arduous, painstaking, brain-numbing investigation. Let's see whether the Law Society pick it up. Let's see whether Scottish Ministers or Scottish MSPs pick it up. And if they want to ask me, Mike, if you think there's an easier way of doing this, I'll happily explain it to them. They can then decide whether they want to do it. But it literally only requires probably two lines added. Right. So they can just add them. Yep. You can put through a motion to amend something. Okay. Commonly done. It's actually... If you think about it, it's actually what Boris Johnson is doing to an international treaty as we mm. speak. Mm. I think we'll just delete these two bits and insert the bits that we want for a no-deal Brexit. Mm. It's easy done. One of the things um, in terms of uh, the petitions committee as well, it's probably worth um, looking at. Have the, the, the clerks, I'm, I'm interested in uh, Michael, the, the clerk's come back and given you a timetable at all for a response. No, that's what I was ma ma mentioning earlier, Mark. I, <laughs> I don't know. It was maybe an assumption on my part when the committee, when the petitions committee decided we're going to send this to the law society. Mm -hmm. I imagined the clerks would. They told me, "Listen, you can watch it on Parliament TV," which is what I did. Um, but I imagined, for the sake of argument, I wasn't there that day they would send me an email simply saying the Petitions Committee have decided this is going to the Law Society. That hasn't happened, so I don't know. I'm, I, I'm as ignorant as anyone else as to what happens next. Right. My main worry is 
and it came out in the programme is how much information, accurate information is actually given to the Law Society. Hmm. It is there. If anyone wants to look at it all, just mention it for everyone. It's PE Patrick Edward 1791. Everything I started with, everything I've said, everything the Scottish Government has said, and you can watch the Petitions Committee reach the conclusion that's going to the Law Society. I'm kind of waiting to see what happens, Mark, to be honest yeah. with you. I've actually petitioned, uh, I've used the Parliamentary Petitions Committee on two occasions in the past. Uh, the first time was to petition for a medal. Yeah, I think I mentioned in a previous episode that uh, my grandfather was a survivor of Britain's worst ever maritime disaster and a commission for a medal uh, to be struck by the Scottish Parliament. And again, this is a demonstration of political will because uh, the advice, the petitions committee wrote to the MOD, they wrote to the civil service to see if they had competency to commission their own medal. And uh, in actual fact, even the permanent secretary at the time um, advised Alex Salmond uh, that they had no authority uh, to do it. And he, had, he challenged them and said, well, is there any legal reason we can't do it? And they had said, no, there isn't. And he said, well, go ahead and do it then. So they did commission the medal. Uh, but again, that's a demonstration of political will because there was a bit of hostility at the petitions committee and there was definitely hostility from the MOD. And the second thing that I petitioned on successfully was to have the saltire flown permanently above uh, Edinburgh Castle uh, because obviously the Union flag flies at the, what's called the superior position. Now, initially, again, there was reluctance and ironically, the SNP themselves uh, said that there was a flag-flying protocol at Edinburgh Castle, and th this shows you how political um, will can work in the opposite direction. And they said there was a flag-flying protocol um, that existed at Edinburgh Castle because it is an official military barracks, and uh, so the Union flag, under the flag-flying protocol, which has no legal status whatsoever, has to take the superior position over the saltire at all time. And uh, the Scottish government, under Fiona Hislop, said that she would offer a concession by erecting a brand new flagpole next to, I think it's St Mary's Chapel on the north side of the castle, which would be flown permanently. And uh, I said, well, this wasn't good enough because um, A, flag flying protocols only apply to uh, buildings that the MOD own, and they don't own Edinburgh Castle. The Scottish government owns Edinburgh Castle. It's administered on their behalf by Historic Scotland. Um, but nonetheless, there was no political will, unfortunately, right. to tell the British Army to take down your flag and we're going to fly Scotland's flag mm -hmm. over Scotland's most iconic building and property. So um, so every time I see the flag on the north side, I know that's my flag, but I'm still disappointed because the flag of Scotland should be flying over. The so mm -hmm. you see what I'm saying? Sometimes they, they claim the mechanisms don't exist. The mechanisms are important for giving sometimes politicians an out, if you like, so giving them an avenue to drive uh, political will. But unfortunately, if the political will doesn't exist in the first instance, you're not going to get very far. That's my view. Yeah. Alec did manage to, to, to get the, the the line rampant flown at Stirling Castle. <laughs> I mean, again, the flag flying protocol um, exists there. The Union flag still flies in the superior position at both Stirling and Edinburgh, even though the British Army or, or the MOD do not own those properties. 
So if the Scottish government had the political will, they could instruct the MOD, please take down your flag. Or well, actually what I proposed when I, when I petitioned the parliament um, on Edinburgh Castle, I said, don't take down the union flag. Keep it in place where it is. But I want a separate flagpole erected in, in the castle square, which is 15 feet higher than the current union flag. And they claimed there was health and safety issues that allowed that, meant that wasn't possible. And then lo and behold, Mother Nature blows down the Union flag just about five years later. Mm. So uh, that's, uh, yeah, an act of God, I think insurance companies would describe that as. The two, <laughs> the two themes I tried to, to deal with that maybe didn't come over in the programme. One, we do elect certain people into positions of authority. And when we do so, we're asking them to act on our behalf, not on their behalf. And at the moment, I think there's a doubt over whether that is happening. Yeah. The second bit, and it's a reference, if you like, to the Lord Advocate, who is not elected, is chosen. But he's meant to be the epitome of the scales of justice. And I use that example quite clearly. We're in... Wings, Stuart Campbell did an article where he's questioning something and he puts the estimated cost of the malicious action taken at about 40 million pounds. I only use one example at 14 million. And you sit down and say, wait a minute, this is not, this is getting out of hand when we start dealing with it. Can we please get back to some common sense alternative? And the only place I think that comes from is ordinary people. I think there's more common sense in ordinary people quite often than there is in elected representatives or unelected officials. That's why I keep coming back to the people are sovereign, but they've got to exercise the power of that sovereignty. Not suggesting on the thing I'm talking about, but across the board, they've got to have their voice heard, but they've got to shout it. So that's a very difficult thing, though, because... Um you know, we, um, we, we, we do suffer from the cringe and uh, we find it difficult as a nation to, to take the initiative after years and years and decades and decades of being told that, you know, we, we really should get <coughs> up and sit down. Um, and, you know, even, even now when you see things happening, like, for instance, um, when we do take the initiative, um, our own our own government uh, tell us off for it. You know, I think that's that's a shame. And um, for instance, the people that went down to the the border and campaigned at the border during the the pandemic, um, our own MPs uh, took a pop at them for that and said it was disgraceful and and all the rest of it. And um, Martin Keatings, when he went to the border of putting his own house up. Uh, in the before he crowdfunded the first forty thousand, his own house was put up, you know, as an assurity, um, uh, because he felt he was right to go for this court case. And the SNP and quite well known, um, quite well known legal figures were were putting him down for it. You know, these are these are ordinary Scots who are sh using their own initiative, and they're being rounded upon by our own government, the people that should be supporting us, the people that should be saying, yes, you know, 
the, the upshot is the reason that we're doing it is because our own government are not doing it. And yeah. that's, that's, yeah. that's to their detriment, not ours. So, so yes, it's easy for us to sit there and say, oh, you know, the people should be doing stuff. We should be getting out there. We should be doing this. We should be doing that. We're not being backed up. Nobody's backing us up. Absolutely nobody. Not even our own government. Not even the SNP. Kenny, Kenny McCaskill made that point very, very strong. Yeah, it was on a did. couple of weeks ago. Um, I think we just got a message there. Uh, I think it's worth uh, pointing out that, I mean, the, we talk about the SNP generally. I've always tried to be very specific and say we, we have an issue with, or certainly I have an issue with the SNP leadership. There are uh, very, very um, able, capable, competent, and very committed to independence members, elected members of the SNP. Um, but um, unfortunately, at the moment, they've either been sidelined, um, and they're certainly not in the, the leadership clique, if you like. And um, but you know there are there are a there are larger there are larger group of elected representatives within the SNP who uh, want the right thing done not only because they believe in independence but because um, they have a commitment to the movement the wider movement as well and uh, that's why the next few months are going to be absolutely critical uh, for for the entire movement and understanding I have to say one of the things. Uh, I, I was never a Nicola fan. I, I worked alongside Nicola uh, for nine years when I was at the Scottish Parliament. I knew her, I know her on first name terms. Um, her public persona, as I've mentioned before, very different from uh, the way she is um, in a kind of professional private capacity. However, even I was shocked to the core when I learned the extent of what has happened and what will be disclosed in the coming months in relation to her activities um, and, well, paranoia um, related to, to Alex Salmon. And when I was first informed about it and when I later learned more about it, I was struck by a deep sense initially of despondency of what this means for the wider movement. And I think that's probably what we're seeing in some of the, not the die-hard, but some of the die, uh, some of the hardcore uh, Nicholas supporters as well, they don't want to accept that there's been uh, a high degree of collusion mm -hmm. to effectively jail an innocent man who was the former First Minister and the most prominent independence uh, figure of the last generation, uh, or, or living generation even. They don't want to accept that because they all, the reality is then um, well, where does that leave the movement? Yeah. I have come to the conclusion, and I firmly believe this, that the strength of our movement is in the grassroots, and uh, we will we have to we have to deal with this shock that is coming to the entire movement. But I am entirely confident that we will move forward as one. We will unify uh, behind a new leadership because there is no way, once the full disclosures are made, that this leadership can possibly stay. I don't think even they have the brass neck to stay once the disclosures, the full disclosures are made. And I'm confident that once that happens, 
and we've identified it. I'm not saying Alex Salmon will be the, the figure that will lead that. I have no idea. But I'm pretty sure a leadership will emerge that is absolutely committed to independence and that will take our movement forward and we will secure independence far, far quicker than we will by waiting for devolutionists to wait for the, the uh, fruit to drop into their laps. That's my view. Well, up on that, Mark. Yeah. As I understand it, the membership of the SNP is about 120,000. If they all vote for independence, you can't ignore the SNP and what's involved. There's a problem with it at the moment, but they are central to winning independence. But that's 120,000 people. It's going to take over 2 million, all of whom are not in the SNP to obtain independence. No matter, I'll pick up in Susan's point, no matter how that's to be achieved, it's going to take the majority of Scots of whatever political persuasion to centre on one thing, independence. Mm -hmm. They have to say yes to that one thing. Nicola Sturgeon, like all leaders of anything, have 24 hours in the day. They can only cope with certain amount in 24 hours. There's five of us on this screen. We've got five times as much time as that one individual. That time has got to be put to use. I don't, Susan's maybe right that we've got a cringe factor. We've got to break that, Susan. Find a way of breaking that. Maybe the guy, the guy in, on my right-hand side of the screen is going to get blisters very shortly. Yeah. Maybe the walk, the three walks are a way of saying, do we have the cringe? Or maybe we can break the cringe. That's my thinking. I think we've got to get rid of it if it exists. I don't think I've got it. I, 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 it's not something I recognise, but apologies. Well, Mark, Mark's promise is going to walk with us when we go past his house. Yeah, I don't have a jacuzzi, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, you're coming back. Actually, that route, I noticed that route is the, ironically, uh, that route will follow the route that uh, Edward II's forces took from Berwick uh, as they headed southeast to, to meet up with uh, Deer Street before they swept north uh, towards Bannockburn and uh, a date with destiny. So, um, so yeah, so no, you won't pass it, but I'm going to join the, mar I'm going to join the marchers uh, before then, um, and then I'll uh, crawl into my house on the way past. <laughs> That's my plan. Listen, can I offer my thanks to each of you? You've had to listen to over an hour of me speaking and a wee bit more now. Thank you for doing that. I'll report back once I know what the heck is going on with the Law Society and keep it up to date. Dave, have a good walk. Cheers, mate. I'd like, I'd like to add my thanks to the elf. I know he's come on at short notice tonight. Uh, but as I say, like, uh, we, because of the way we did the video, we thought it was... It was important to get some some fresh ideas out outside the, our little bubble, uh, so, so it's, it's much appreciated. Please come on, it's uh, such short notice, and uh, for anybody that's been sitting watching this for two hours, uh, <laughs> you have great respect. <laughs> Thank you very much, uh, Hi, and uh, uh, a big thank to Peter Steele who's sitting on the background and has actually managed to get all this out on online because the technical issues were, were, were pretty crazy. And uh, the rest is, I'll see you on the walk. Uh, 12 days will be back towards the end of the year sometime. Thanks very much.
And then life thought on radio.